0: Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Great State of Innovation, the podcast of Texas Innovators with me, your host, Cole Carpenter, and I will be joined by my co-host, Judge Gwynn, where we will cover innovation happening in the ninth largest economy in the world, the great state of Texas. This episode is brought to you by Integrity HR Management, the premier professional employer organization of Texas. Integrity HR Management makes modern-day HR simple for your business. Let the professionals remove your headaches and help you get back to doing things that matter. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Great State of Innovation, the podcast of Texas Innovators. It's me, Cole Carpenter, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Judge Gwynn. We've got an awesome episode for y'all today. We're talking about the Founder Institute Texas. We got Martine Martinez, the Executive Director and Entrepreneur in Residence for Founder Institute Texas. We got Javi Martinez, Venture Partner and Director for Founder Institute in Dallas. We have Holly Burrow, uh, a Founder and Startup Advisor for Founder Institute. So what's up, y'all? Thanks for coming on to the podcast. How how are y'all doing today?
1: We're doing great, man. How are y'all?
0: Doing well, doing well. Um, Thanks for taking the time to come on and uh, looking forward to diving into this and what uh, the valuable programs that Founder Institute has going on, spe- and especially here in uh, in Texas. So, um, I guess to just get into it and start things off, Martin, with you being the executive director, uh, what's let, let's get into your background, how you got to be involved with Founder Institute, and uh, yeah, just a little insight into your journey to where we, where you are today.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Y'all. And again, thanks for having us here. I know the team is excited about this. Um, I'm based in Austin, Texas. I came up. Today, I'm here in Dallas uh, with with the team. Um, We're in the middle of a kind of a recruitment push for our upcoming summer program. But a little bit about me. I am a serial entrepreneur, uh, had a small business in high school, uh, started another one in college, managing social media profiles. That was a thing. I became an early Facebook employee because of that. Uh, spent some time in technology. Uh, I've also been an event producer most of my life too. So I've been kind of in this nexus point of community and startups um, since as far as I can remember. Um, founder Institute at large has been around since 2009. Started in a classroom at Stanford, and now is in 200 cities and 100 countries around the world. Uh, I, I have the privilege of helping kind of build out our program. Started about five years ago um, here in Texas. Um, Got familiar with the program the year prior kind of traveled around the country and you know to date it's been amazing you know we started in austin just with uh with just one program five years ago and we knew really quickly it was uh, we couldn't just be in one one city we needed to really kind of build this out in a way that was going to benefit the whole state not just any one particular region within within texas and and in doing so create a real collaborative uh, community of people that also share that vision of Texas. Um, to date, we've helped about 100 companies launch around the state of Texas. We've had a whole bunch just here in the Dallas region, too. And uh, we have three cities that we operate under. So uh, we have teams like, like Javier uh, and Holly that help manage the kind of the day to day and the local communities um, here in Dallas, as well as Houston and, of course, Austin. And uh, it's been really it's been a joy to kind of start. I mean, it started just originally as just a local director for that city in Austin and um, and kind of slowly started to assume this role, really helping try to identify the teams, really foster this more collaborative nature between the cities. And um, and it's been fun. This is a whole bunch of fun. I just joined our, our headquarters last summer as the entrepreneur in residence. So I get the opportunity now to really work with founders around the world at this point. Uh, FI has a bunch of postgraduate programs that help with fundraising and product market fit. So I'm really getting to tap into what this global vision of entrepreneurship is now and really apply some of these lessons uh, to what we're doing in in Texas. But um, yeah, I definitely want to hear more from Javi and and Holly too, because I certainly can't do this myself. It it takes a village and some great leaders and we got a great team here in Dallas kind of leading the charge for it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, for those of you who listen to the Great State of Innovation podcast or and are in tune with our writings, you've uh, seen Javi's name here and there. We, He yeah, does some work with CAMP, uh, a startup event company uh, that makes startup events dope. So Javi, what's up? Tell the people uh, how you kind of got into into this space and
2: uh, give them a little bit further insight into you. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. So Javi Martinez, I help lead the Dallas chapter here for Founder Institute. And uh, I actually learned about founders. Institute. Uh, There's this magazine here in Dallas called Dallas Innovates, and I decided to shoot my shot with Martine and Molly and just DM them. And that that was something that I really was curious about, learning about what they were doing. I thought, you know, it was really interesting what I read, and I just wanted to get involved in some some form. So uh, they brought me onto the team last year when we launched the Dallas uh, chapter and helped, you know, kind of launch our first uh, cohort. So uh, we've done two cohorts since and we're about, you know, recruiting like Martine said, for for our summer cohort that's upcoming here in June, when I'm not doing founder Institute stuff, I am hosting startup events across the country uh, with camp. And uh, yeah, so um, my backgrounds in, in early stage startups, uh, working for for multiple early stage startups, and now kind of advising um, when I'm not working on camp or with uh, Founder Institute, so not as impressive as Martin or Holly, but you know, I'm trying to earn my stripes as well.
0: Yeah, for sure, we all got to start somewhere, and you're, you're putting in the work. And that's that's what's up. You're getting an inside look into the Dallas ecosystem and helping found uh,
1: He's yeah. underselling himself. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, that's just his mo on that. And he, and he did mention too when we when we started this and or the Dallas program. Um, you know, I had this. This vision in 2018 about what we're doing now, and um, and I thought, oh, we'd be able to turn it on immediately. No, you know, it took much longer finding the right people. And um, he, he had mentioned Molly Walsh, so you know, shout out to Molly. Uh, she's she's moved to Florida recently. She's hanging out in Miami. I'm jealous about that. She's by the beach these days, uh, but she's working closely with our Miami chapter these days. She was uh, a pivotal a person to really get us breaking into the north texas region so thank you again molly
0: Um, miss you hope you're well (laughs) that's awesome now holly what's up with you i understand you're you're a founder yourself and talk a little bit about that that um, startup and as well as your experience as a startup advisor
3: sure sure so i i mirror like a lot of people in this space i have been starting businesses since high school Uh, First business I ever started was a prom dress design business, uh, which was interesting and I had no idea how to make money knew how to make dresses had no idea how to make money and it's kind of been an evolution since then figuring out different ways to build businesses Um, so uh, that lends itself to I've had a lot of different business types a lot of what I have done has been in the food space um, everything from CPG to restaurant space businesses Um, I spend a lot of time helping founders actually build and run their businesses uh, and moved into advising maybe about five to seven years ago, as I moved out of running something and was like, how can I, how can I shift how my focus is uh, from my day to day? And so that's been kind of an evolution to get to where we are now. I spend a lot of my time currently working with accelerator and incubator spaces across the country to build programs and provide advising to their members. So that's what I spend the bulk of my time doing outside of FI. <laughs> awesome.
0: well, we're gonna, I'm sure, uh... Fi is happy to have you, and we're glad to have you here on the podcast with us. So, thank you.
1: That that we are, and I've yet to actually meet Holly in person. Today's so, the day. <laughs> today's the day. I am so excited. Uh, I haven't met like a ton of people in the community in the last couple of years. Um, for the record, this is actually our very first in-person gathering uh, in North Texas. As I mentioned, we launched it in what 2020. Um, Javier came on board shortly thereafter. So, it was the only thing that happened on schedule that year. Uh, but that said um we have we've been stuck in this virtual world since then. Um, so it's kind of a big milestone today too. You guys caught us at a really good time.
4: Yeah, it's great. We can celebrate that and, and be here with y'all and we're, we're kind of in the same place. We have like four members of our team that we haven't got to meet yet. Cause we all work virtually. We do zooms all day, but we've never gotten to shake hands or anything like that. So just kind of a surreal thing. And, you know, you touched on y'all's impact across Texas, Martine, and you've helped about, you know, over a hundred businesses launched, you know, to date. Um, what did the pandemic, you know, do to the Founder Institute and, and kind of how did that impact y'all's reach, you know, statewide?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And, um, you know, there was, there was, honestly, there was a net positive, but, you know, to backtrack a little bit, just a few months before it really hit us in the spring that year, um, you know, I mentioned we're, we're all over the world. So we started to see this towards the end of 2019 happening in our chapters in Southeast Asia and. We had already we had shifted in 2018 from like an old uh, web conferencing tool for just all our global calls because we do weekly calls with with everyone around the world to talk about trends and topics and things of discussion. Um, it's easier to manage that way. So we already had Zoom set up too. We already had all this infrastructure set up, multiple channels, and all these other things. We were just using them to talk. We weren't using them for for all for all these other things. But but what was um, what was good for us was that when, when that watershed moment happened and the whole world changed effectively in a week here in the United States, we already had the infrastructure in place to kind of flip the switch. Um, so you know, re- relative to maybe other accelerators who, just like us, were all in person and really avoided and shunned the, the virtual for just, you know, it's just not the same experience. Since we were all forced to do it, we were in a position to actually take advantage of it and have systems in place versus kind of ad hocing. Um, how do you do that? What's a Zoom, you know, <laughs> uh, before uh, before everybody else had to really kind of learn, like all of us, right? So, um, so for Texas, a couple things happened. Um, you know, I had to think really hard about how are we still going to have community when me as an event producer by trade. Um, you know, pride myself on bringing people together in person. So you know, that was a fundamental thing I had to really come to terms with uh, and embrace what, what we can do on virtual. Uh, so finally, just you know, really building out what we have now is a very robust Slack community um, that features mentors, investors, our founders, just community partners all around the state to come together. So we, we really dove into that. Uh, gave us a central digital hub to communicate with outside of emails and just you know the, the invitations to, to in-person events that we weren't going to be able to do for a while, and then um and but it all and then shifting over into Zoom. What was uh, again what was a blessing and I didn't realize it then certainly realize it now uh, as we all can probably attest. The the sheer it was a boon for our mentors and the participation they were able to provide. Um, you know. Just for example, like say like Houston or Dallas, um, really, you know, many major city in Texas. You know, you have to uh, our sessions would take place once a week, usually like Tuesdays at six o'clock, and they'll run through nine. But in the old days, you'd have to factor in doing that every week, traffic, parking, all this other stuff. Now, you could do it from the comfort of your own home. Um, You could have dinner with your kids and and still, you know, uh, help founders trying to build their their vision of the future um all within the same hour um so it 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 increased the participation of our mentor community dramatically um it also gave us access into mentors that we otherwise wouldn't have had the ability to bring into the in-person session so uh mentors that might be way in different parts of the state they could participate in an austin program or a dallas program we get people from out of the state or out of the country even to help and participate so I've seen it's definitely a value for our mentor community, but certainly our founders as well. We've had a chance to bring in founders from all around the world. Um, you know, before the uh, before the, uh, the pull out in Afghanistan, we actually had a couple founders that were dialing in from Afghanistan to <laughs> the um, American. But she was living in that region for a number of years, working as a, as a journalist. Um, Inevitably, she got over here before that for that whole pull out and actually got some of the people she was working with that were natives to to the region uh, over here as well. So it was just it was really interesting to watch, um, seeing this global kind of presence really start looking at uh, at Texas as something that um, could rival Silicon Valley, could rival the East Coast. Uh, and, And it's really gotten us into a position where I think Founder Institute um is going to continue to leverage virtual but also fully embrace these in person experiences again. So um, certainly not gonna let go of it all. Certainly not gonna let go of it all. But we're integrating it back into slowly but surely, um, these in person real world stuff that I know we all love and miss.
4: Definitely. And I think that's a great point, Martin. You know, the the global network and kind of the the identity of the founder institute enabled your Texas operation to not really skip a beat. You know, you just kinda transfer those operations here. Um I think that's such a unique kind of leg up. And and like you're saying, you know, we've, I think uh, a silver lining of the pandemic is we've identified, we can do things, you know, kind of like this podcast right now. We can do it remotely and that everyone can still, you know, go on with your daily lives. Like you said, you can go home to your families. You can, um, you know, you can have some personal time each day, but still get the same amount of work done. I think it's, um, uh, one of the, like I said, a little silver lining of the, the past two years. Um, you know, we talked about the Founder Institute, um, you know, and kind of its reach. But I want to dive in a little further into the program and, and Javi or Holly, y'all can maybe speak a little more to this one. But what does that program timeline look like from orientation, uh, you know, to the showcase?
2: So Founder Institute is a 14-week pre seed accelerator program. And um, the way it works is every week, um, starting with orientation, like you said, um, we have a different, what we call a module. Where we meet once a week, uh, for about three hours, and during that time, in each one of these modules, you know, the founders going through the different phases of their business to, you know, validate, you know, whether it's idea stage or, or you know, even at the MVP level, um, you know. So some of those modules include customer development, revenue, fundraising, legal and IP, um, branding, growth, uh, hiring, and onboarding. So, you know, these modules are meant to basically prepare the founder for, by the time they get to graduation, to be either ready to, you know, um, realize if they have a business, um, you know, a lot of, uh, we, during during that 14 week, we have these uh, founder hot seats, which basically are meant to help the founder understand if, if their business model or just their business in general can be validated. Um, you know, a lot of founders come in with these great ideas and, you know, but they just stay like that. You know, they never really blossom into it to a business. So um, I've only had the opportunity to do two, two cohorts. So I think Martine probably has a little bit more insight than I do. Um, but just from, from what I've learned, you know, obviously, usually we, we start with anywhere from 30 to 35 founders um, and only about six to eight, possibly 10 graduate. And that's intended. You know, there's a purpose behind that. I mean, the program's not easy. It's a lot of work and, and you, you know, you have to invest time into it. Otherwise, you know, most of those people don't make it out. But the, the, the beautiful thing about that is I believe the last statistic I saw was 78% or FI graduates um, that graduate from the program, 78% are still running after two years, which is pretty staggering um, compared to other you know accelerator incubator programs that that I've been part of or I've just you know know of
3: well and I can I can kind of back, back up into that and say like as someone who works with startups across the board with a lot of advisory spaces like I consider it a win if I get someone through that process of validating their business model even if in the end they decide this isn't a business that I can run it's a great idea. Maybe I need to take it to someone else. Maybe I need to put it in front of another space. But if we get you through that journey to where you've discovered that it's not a business model that's viable, what we've done is strengthen you as a founder and get you to the place where you can build something stronger. So it's a, it's kind of a win either direction, whether you make it through and you go on to, to build it into a business or whether you identify that, you know this isn't quite the right space or the right time to do what you want to do. So it's it's a journey designed to build success.
0: And I think that's you know kind of the main foundational thing is like the journey of the startup and you know reaching those milestones. Like very few startups get to that two year even five year milestone. Um, so that yeah, that's uh, definitely a learning process and growth. And it's, it's awesome that regardless if you your business idea is, is valuable and has a a place in the market. You're still learning along the way. So that's that's an immense value right there. Um, so in my research, you know, just learning about Founder Institute, I came across this idea of shared equity within the cohorts. Um, can can you all break that down for us and like the, the incentives behind it? Like, what does that look like? And why did you all decide to do that? I, I don't think I've seen that or heard that of that.
1: Yeah, I, I can take that one. So founders, uh, you know, since they're working so early with us in their journey, um, they're not... Let's say all of them at this point uh, uh, aren't at a stage where they're venture capital ready. You know, many of them haven't even incorporated, so there's there is no equity to give out. So we walk them through that process, um, and even the ones that may already have an MVP or a prototype out in the market, they more often than not they they've incorporated. Incorrectly, so we have to help them reincorporate and restructure. And this is, you know, again, a lot of this early, early, very at the beginning, very zero to one stuff. So what we do is, um, because of all the resources and this lifetime um, postgraduate kind of benefits that we offer, um, we we take a just this little bit of equity, just two and a half percent, in the form of warrants, which are basically just you know, um, the right to purchase shares at some other point in time. Typically at a liquidity event like an exit or an IPO, so way 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 later, um, and and the the equity is actually incentivized within the the immediate community that supported that founder, um, for the for the local leaders um, in each city as well as the mentor community in in that region too. So mentors are incentivized um, not just for for providing a service for giving back, which is something they're already going to do. Um, they're also incentivize potentially even go even beyond that. So uh, so founders will be rating the quality of the uh, of the feedback and the value that mentors are giving them and mentors are going to be elected into a bonus pool that's going to give them access to some of that equity from all of those companies that graduate in that given cohort. Um, So it really brings the community together for a common purpose. It allows um, it does foster a little bit of competitive Within the mentor community, because they're all vying to be the most top-rated mentor every every semester. Um, we certainly have like a top five that always rank in the top five. So um, all it takes is one founder, you know. In five to ten years, it might cross a billion dollars, and you know, they can buy me dinner for the rest of their lives. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, but it's uh, so that that's been that's been really cool to see. I mean, um, to to lead a local chapter is is a volunteer base so we're all volunteering our time you know we um and because we all we're all working on other things we're all entrepreneurs in our own right um and uh, and we're building things so um this is a way to increase the the longevity of certain uh, of communities and also continue to activate and incentivize the communities that are supporting these founders Uh, so that's kind of the basis of why we structure it this way um, and in many cases, are like the the mentors uh, as they're interacting with founders, you know, week after week in the program, they're developing really close relationships. Um, you know, I advise about a dozen of our companies formally, like on their cap tables. So outside of that, you know, I, I, I'm I'm helping build these uh, these startups. Our mentors do the same thing. Uh, you know, every graduate that makes it through the pro- program will will be required to kind of start a bringing on an advisory board, uh, not a board of directors yet, but an advisory board. So, it, and the majority of those advisors are coming directly from the mentor network too. So so it's really great to help them early in the very beginning, build those teams out. And that's how we kind of incorporate our equity um, collective as we
0: call it,
3: um,
1: to, to continue that process and to continue to incentivize the community to
0: participate. Yeah, that's very interesting. And thanks for breaking that down. Uh, that's a, you know, a great uh, bank of incentives for for everyone and all parties involved. Um, so you mentioned this just a moment ago—the lifetime of support for founder institute people that are a part of the cohort. So, like, what what does that look like as far as after going through the program? What does that support look like in, throughout the lifetime? Sure. Um, so, so when after the fourteen weeks, as
1: Javier was outlining. Um, they have a fully incorporated company. If they were just at the idea stage, uh, there's a six to twelve month plan to get the product out to market. That's kind of it's also by design within the, pro, uh, the curriculum, and it's going to be up to that founder to build the damn thing. You know, like we can we can only give them so much. The training wheels come off, and they got to go do the thing that they said they were going to do during the four months of the program. Uh, and from building the team, getting that traction, to of course getting more importantly, getting that product out to market. If they uh, already have an MVP, um, then it's accelerate that that market, uh, that market share, get more customers, start building the team out, and within that six six to twelve months, regardless of where they were um, at, at that moment of graduating, um, they've probably already raised a little bit of a friends and family round, so not a lot, but a little bit to keep them going. So within that twelve months, on average, I'll see it to to Javier's point, around seventy percent of those founders that have done that now come back to us and they can and, and they're ready for like their pre-seed or seed round they're ready to start fundraising um, which is pretty fast relative to, to most startups that just do this on their own or wait much later to join an accelerator uh, it can be three to five years on average so within about 18 months two years you know they're ready <laughs> to start fundraising so they come back to us for one of our first programs that i also help support which is called funding lab which similar to the FI core program, as we call it, um, we walk them in four months. Uh, it's a little bit long, about 16 weeks instead of 14 on the mechanics of actually doing that first fundraising round the right way with the right, for, with the right process. So month one, uh, we're really doing just kind of reality gut checks with them. Are they in a position to actually go and fundraise? Do they have the right team in place? Because the founder, CEO, that founder we met on day one, he's going to have to walk away from the business, um, at least from a day to day operations for probably the next six to eight months to go get that money. Um, And if they're not, then they have to really go back and see, you know, what are we missing on the team that's going to allow me to do that? Or do we have to make uh, some hard choices about the current team we have? Because we don't have the right people in place just yet um if that and then of course you know do they have a product out in the market are they generating traction and traction can be defined by a variety of things uh and then finally you know is this the only way for them to grow on top of that Um, because they shouldn't just be going to get money to get money they should actually be using that for a reason because they can't do it themselves anymore so they've hit a certain capacity on their own so if it's yes to all those questions Then let's go get your marketing materials in order. Let's get the long deck done. Let's get the short deck. Let's get the super long one that's got 100 slides and all the appendices. Let's get all that stuff in order so that you have it ready to go and you're ready to start editing um, on the fly as you're getting feedback from from advisors and and potential investors. Um, Start really activating that network too uh, of mentors that been supporting you, maybe the investor relationships you started to build and um, and start getting in a position to build a funnel. So uh, that said, you get all you get your data room in order too. that's month three and the month four. So all of the things that an investors are going to ask you when they're ready to start writing checks, we get all that stuff done. And then in the final month, uh, the final two months, we are essentially guiding you on how to build an effective investor funnel from scouting. Uh, investors that might be in your secondary or tertiary networks. How to do that effectively on LinkedIn. How to get warm introductions from your current network. Uh, where do you find them outside of that? Um, you know, many many founders will just try to go to conferences all the time, and they're just burning through cash. But like, there's cheaper ways to do it. <laughs> and uh, so we teach how to do that, and then we're strategizing with you, giving you really hands-on feedback. And at this point, you know, each of the we run about four of these a year, every quarter, and we're getting uh founders from all over the world now so you know in the core program we may have about 30 founders on average on day one and only six to eight finish we're going to have a hundred global grads in this one in one of these programs so now you're with some of the best of the best uh, out of any given semester or any given season uh, of founder institute portfolio companies that you're getting to work with everybody's super brilliant everybody's super driven and you're learning from them too you're sharing the wins. <laughs> you're celebrating all the knows you get. Even too, it's like, yeah, I got ten no's today. It was like, woo, go get ten more tomorrow, and, <laughs> and that kind of thing. So, um, so you're really now you really start seeing this global community materialize in a way that you're building connections with maybe founders in London or Silicon Valley or Mexico City. It's beautiful to watch, and uh, and you know, it, and the biggest uh, resultant out of that too is that out of those hundred that normally start. You can always come back to this program but but out of that 100 about 30 will finish the program every quarter out of that 30 20 close their round in four months it's a, it's so it's mind-blowing to see how quickly when you know that the, when they've checked all the boxes when they felt that they're in a position to go and raise venture capital they go and do it um, and the, the typical ch- uh, typical round is usually between like half a million, upwards of 1.5. But we've certainly seen three, four, even you know, $5 million rounds closed in a matter of months. Um, so that, that's one of the things after that. We, we have, uh, out of those groups, we have what's called the select portfolio, which we roll out about every six months, uh, where we are picking effectively the top 1%. Uh, of every of top performing global grads and featuring them on that. So we're giving them even extra out of support. We're doing personalized investor introductions and uh, and really just doing whatever we can to make sure they're getting elevated on the global stage and getting that level of visibility. Of course, you know, with my with events, I'm always inviting them back to speak, uh, to participate on events. A lot of them come back and mentor themselves so that they're providing feedback and they're also getting access later to uh, to future bonus pools for uh, for, for upcoming cohorts. So that you know, once you're in the family, as I call it, you, you're never going to get out. We we keep you up pretty,
0: pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. Now for all of the, uh, North Texas founders are getting all giddy with that value prop you just laid out. Um, Avi and Holly, could y'all kind of break down or get into like when does the next Dallas cohort start and how can founders apply? What, what does that whole process look like?
2: Holly, I'll let you speak.
3: I'm newer to the team, so I don't have as much of an automated feel where I can just spit it out. But um, applications are open now for early enrollment. Um, Those will close on Sunday for open for early enrollment, and then it will just roll into our normal application period. Um, So I will let Javi tell you a little bit more about what that process looks like.
2: Yeah, so um, when a founder applies, so our cohort starts June 15th, 14th yeah orientation orientation is is, is is on the 14 so um prior to that whenever you want to apply to one of the uh, cohorts you have to take the, what we call a entrepreneur dna assessment and basically that's a way for us to you know the the questions that are asked on there are intended to basically um pre-qualify you know these founders because uh, you know we get hundreds of applications to, to be part of the cohort but only you know, like I said, between 30, since we're a super cohort, you know, it's a little bit bigger, but usually on average between 35 and 45 founders get accepted into the program. Um, from there, uh, you know, you, you can do that by going to fi.co slash apply. And then whether you're in Houston, Dallas or Austin, um, so fi.co slash apply slash Dallas, um, or you can just go to fi.co slash apply and, and I'll reroute you to, to your local city. Um, even if you're not in one of those three areas, you know, th- we're going to reroute you to the closest city that you're at. Um, you know, given that we are kind of doing more of a virtual and hopefully kind of shifting into some sort of like hybrid model here in the future, uh, you know, we, we encourage people outside of those, those, you know, main cities to, to apply, um, you know, whether you're in West Texas, East Texas, South Texas, um, you know, I highly encourage it. And, uh, after the kind of the application process, and when that closes down, um, the program begins, like we mentioned, uh, as a 14-week, and week one being orientation and vision, what happens that first week, and ending it with graduation.
0: So I understand the um, application fee for that Entrepreneur DNA test is like, what, $10, and then if you are accepted, and if you do apply by May 1st, it's $700 roughly, then after that it would be $900. So I want to kind of... Hone in on that as far as that's relatively cheap for the amount of value you're getting from a program such as this. So be sure to check it out, y'all. Um, yeah, that, that's awesome.
4: Definitely, you know, and we we talked about, you know, obviously, y'all are having your first in-person event today, which is, is awesome. I bet that feels great. Um, y'all did have a bigger virtual event uh, about two weeks ago, which was the pitch your startup idea to top Texas investors and stakeholders. Tell us a little bit about how that webinar went and, and kind of how you see that format playing out in the future hi oh, that was your first time. How'd you like it?
3: Uh, well, I thought it was great because totally by luck, it was an all-female panel. Nope. <laughs> we didn't really plan it that way, but it worked out that way, which is always fun. Um, it was my first experience uh, doing that with FI, and I thought it was a really great experience. I really liked the rapid pace of... You know, founders getting up during their 60 second pitch, because in my experience, that is the hardest part is to learn to talk about your business effectively and communicate what it is you're building and where you plan to go with it quickly. So I, I, I thought that it was a great format and it was fun to have all women on the panel because we always bring a slightly unique perspective.
4: Definitely. And I, ma- I imagine that was just such an invaluable opportunity. Like you said, like being able to pitch it to people, you know, to investors, they're going to ask for equity, probably down the line is just so invaluable. Um, and getting that direct feedback kind of in a, you know, uh, in an environment where you know it's comfortable, but you know you're you're there to be blunt and honest, and you know you get exactly what investors would tell you in that exact same scenario. So, um, I think that's just a just a great initiative y'all have going there. Um, but let the people know what events are coming up for Founder Institute. Martino, you mentioned y'all have a Houston event next week, but what else can founders across the state expect? Um.
1: So, so yeah, coming up, you know, we're we're, we're i'm basically on this road show right now. We had it we had an in person in Austin last Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago. You know, obviously we're here in Dallas for an in person tonight. Uh, we call them Founder Night Outs. Uh, so just exactly as it sounds. You know, we want to bring entrepreneurs together, investors together, you know, certainly featured uh, featured entrepreneurs. We actually have some grads that are local to Dallas that are going to be in the house too that I have yet to meet in person. Uh, yeah, it's just wild. It's like people have legs. Uh, you know, like, like, oh my God, you got legs. I didn't know that. Uh, we're all just stuck in these little 16 by nine boxes. Um, so, so yeah, next week we'll be in Houston for a founder night out there too. Uh, but, you know, heading into what's going to be our, our, our early admissions deadline on Sunday. Um, we typically host about, you know, two to three online events. Um, you know, for people that aren't able to attend the in-person stuff uh, so that they have a chance to participate and also see what the value is. So, you know, like like the, like the pitch event we had a couple of weeks ago, that's, that's kind of a taste of what you're going to expect in the program. So we try to have content and programming that gives you a little glimpse of what the Founder Institute core program is really offering, the kind of people that are there participating in terms of getting wanting feedback and especially the mentors that are, that are providing that feedback. Um, so that access is certainly tantamount. We're going to have a few more events virtually in May that will we'll roll out after the early admissions deadline on Sunday, the 1st. Um, but be be, uh, you know, be on the lookout. We'll have another investor panel more specifically talking about the state of venture capital in the, in Texas, specifically the massive growth we're seeing. You know, the wealthiest man on the planet lives here now. Apparently he owns a a social media company, too. Uh, So uh, so there's just a lot to talk about in Texas at large. So we're going to have one of those conversations later on. We'll have some we're also going to have some VIP invite only events uh, as we get closer to the um, to the final deadline at the beginning of June, where um, founders that have applied have been accepted and are going to be enrolling into the upcoming program, get a chance to meet each other meet some members of the local community, I think we'll probably do a similar roadshow like that too. So every city has a chance to host their own little VIP events. So be on the lookout for that. fi.co forward slash events. If you're local to Texas, you'll be able to see all that stuff pop up as they go live. Um, But yeah, so be on the lookout there. I also host all of our global events. Uh, So every week I'm usually sitting down with some amazing mentor or founder from around the world. And we're talking about a lot of really interesting things that founders need to deal with as they're building their companies. And last week I was um, speaking with a woman named Nellie Userpova. So her, her talk was focusing for, on founders that aren't technical. You know, how do you build an MVP without a technical founder? So that's a lot of content that we have. Um, so, and those are some of the global events that we host that aren't really ex- just exclusive to the Texas community. Um, but yeah, you can always, you can see a lot of that stuff and, you know, or register for those things on our events page at the fi.co website.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, just that one thing to reiterate, you know, Founder Institute is, you know, local to our state, but there are so many resources you can leverage through its global network. And and as Martine is saying, you can weekly, you can tune in and develop insights and hear from mentors uh, from across the world. Um, this one last question for y'all. Thank y'all so much for, for coming on again. Enjoyed talking with each of you, you know, just about your different perspectives and your, you know, kind of your experiences, uh, you know, within FI. Um, but Martine, in your opinion, you know, what does the future hold for FI in Texas? And is there one, you know, kind of initiative project um, or maybe idea y'all are working on that you think will kind of um, enable y'all to kind of reach that next level?
1: Um, You know, I guess the first part is, uh, you know, what's the vision of you know, FI with respect to Texas? You know, one, you know, there's, we still have a couple more cities I'd like to see us in. I'm re- I was born in San Antonio. We're not there yet. We've been trying for years. So that's certainly still on the roadmap. Um, definitely getting into the San Antonio community. I have a lot of great friends that are there that are involved in the a community. It's just been a matter of timing and a certain critical mass for, for the city to really embrace and need it. In terms of just the volume of entrepreneurship and i think they're getting there so i'm really excited about what the year lies ahead for for the alamo city um certainly it would make my mom happy so i could visit more often uh and uh, but other but uh but at terms of like where fi really can fit in at large for for texas i see it as a as another added bonus to just the the booming economic development that's happening where we're seeing This this brain dump of people from the coast coming to Texas, um, certainly not doing our property taxes any any favors, but it's bringing a lot of really brilliant people. It's bringing a lot of great wealth to the state Um, that not saying that Texas didn't have that, but we're getting even more. So the quality of the entrepreneurs uh, as well as the community that's supporting them is just increasing. And it's not just Founder Institute that's getting the privilege of taking advantage of that. It's all the other programs here in, uh, throughout the state um, and the organizations that support them. So uh, I'm excited to see just how much more of that talent continues to come here, how much more of that venture capital continues to start rooting here, too. We've seen multiple billion dollar funds just over the last couple of years, really since the pandemic started taking hold of all of us, uh, that, that people just are seeing that. You know, again, as I mentioned, we're building spaceships down on the coasts, uh, we'll probably get it, we'll probably get Twitter here, too. That's the speculation at this point. But who knows? Elon's got everything else here <laughs> and uh, um, Elon's also a friend of FI, uh, but that's that's another backstory for another day. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like I, I think there's just some really great opportunities for Foundry Institute to be that. that that door, that entryway for, for entrepreneurs that just don't have any idea of where to start. And that was a big reason for me to, to want to do this so many years ago now is I just didn't want people to make the same mistakes I did. And that's a big reason why a lot of people need programs and, and mentor programs is, um, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. The wheel's there. Let's just
0: show you how it works. That's amazing. Yep. The, the future is bright for, ninth largest economy in the world, the great state of Texas, and as far as leading the charge in innovation and technology throughout the world. So um, we are so excited and happy to have a program like Founder Institute here in Texas and the work that you're all doing. So thank you so much for taking the time to kind of convey your message and get people excited about the value that y'all provide for startup communities and founders. And Yeah, it's just been been a great conversation and very excited to keep up with y'all and uh, to continue to cover and and be in tune with y'all's impact here in texas so thank you again so much
1: hey thanks for having us yeah for sure. thank you, and Zaj. Yeah.
4: yeah yeah well just gonna say let the people know where they can find y'all linkedin anything like that do y'all have any preferred social channels to connect
1: um you know we're, we're pretty active on, on twitter i mean you just look up founder institute texas specifically on linkedin or twitter we're pretty easy to find i have a very repetitive name so i'm easy to google uh so not too hard to find either online uh javier also is a martinez we haven't figured out the relationship yet yeah. but well i'm sure we're some kind of distant cousins at some point we're <laughs> definitely brothers <laughs> from other mothers yeah <laughs> so so, we got that people ask us that all the time are y'all i'm like oh, I don't know, maybe. oh.
4: well honestly <laughs> oh, just assume that beforehand i was like oh it's got to be Javier. <laughs> <Miller." laughs> yeah no, I,
1: um yeah he's got a he's got a easier flowing they might be pretty repetitive yeah. but uh but yeah i'm pretty easy to find online um but yeah just look us up and then you just you can always look up founder institute our, our core main channels for the global programs founding on twitter um so yeah you look us up on on twitter founding texas we also have some sub channels for for the cities too so there's there's a founding dallas founding houston um but yeah those are kind of the primary ones you know we do a little bit of stuff on on. Uh, on on Instagram, not too much on Facebook. But if you do want to learn anything, you want to go straight to the source, fi.co. You know, Depending on where you're at, you'll be geotagged to your specific region, city. And uh, you'll be able to connect and learn more about those specific cities, just depending on where you're at.
0: Well, thanks, Uh, y'all. Y'all heard it here first. Founder Institute Texas is creating positive change for the the founders and startup community here in Texas. And if you're in North Texas and want to get involved with Cohort in Dallas. Be sure to check it out. We'll link everything in the description. And if you're in any other city, I'll link those as well. Thanks. Yeah,
1: and, I, and I'll just and I'll just remind. Uh, I guess just to close out too, um, final admissions deadline for the summer cohort, the super cohort, where as Javi mentioned, we're combining all the cities together, so it'll be a much bigger cohort. It's going to have statewide resources and mentor access for anybody that participates final admissions deadline for this upcoming cohort is going to be sunday june 5th Um,
0: and then we'll be kicking off the following week awesome sunday june 5th y'all mark your calendars thanks again y'all we appreciate your insight your time and all the work that you're doing hopefully we'll have we will not hopefully we definitely have you all back on to discuss any further updates and uh, continue to explore this this awesome ecosystem so thanks again so much. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Download the Texas Innovators app on the App Store and Google Play. Like and follow the TXI Facebook page linked in the description to keep up with innovation happening in the great state of Texas. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, innovation never sleeps.